the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It is Open Line Friday. On Fridays, you can call in with anything that is on your mind, and we will talk about that. Of course, I got things to talk about because I'm the host, and that's what I do. But if there's something that you have that is on your mind, you can call and change the subject. That's what we let you do here on Fridays. The rest of the week, we tell you to call back on Friday, and some of you might be going to do that. That's fine. But today, we will take your call, and we'll talk to you about whatever, and maybe you'll change the whole subject. Maybe we'll just get back to what we were talking about, but that's what we do. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. That is the number. You know, there's a, there are a lot of things going on, and I wanted to mention that it's, it's an interesting story that's happening in the news with uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. She'll be making a trip, apparently, to Taiwan uh, as the Speaker of the House, and she is uh, creating a significant controversy with this. The Chinese government doesn't want it. Uh, apparently, the conversation that happened between President Biden and President Xi um, was strained because President Xi is saying and demanding that Nancy Pelosi not make this trip. And part of it is because the from the Chinese perspective, they believe Taiwan is part of China and her going there or any American official, I think, from that standpoint, and particularly if they're going to be escorted by American jets, fighter jets or ships, um, looks like an act of war to them. And uh, it's a very, very touchy situation. And, you know, I think people are asking, should she go or or not? And um, it's uh, some of the things that are being said are are kind of frightening. There is a threat. The China, Chinese government is threatening to shoot down her plane, saying it sounds like an invasion to us and we have a right to fire on her plane. And it could be it could be putting together a situation where somebody's going to have to blink. The United States, for a while, has been the blinker. I don't know if you know that or if you even pay a lot of attention to this. It doesn't get a lot of, it doesn't get a lot of press like it should have. The, the Chinese government, uh, during the, uh, the teens, what do we call that? You know, this, is the, uh, this is the 20s, right? We're in the, the 2020s, and then there's the 2030s, and you might have been born in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, but what is the teen? I guess we call them the 2010s. So there's probably a, a word for that, right? In the, in the 1900s, in that first decade, you would say, oh, 1905. Do we say 2005? I don't think we use that word ought anymore. I don't think nobody knows what that means. Anyway, the Chinese government built, literally built islands that they turned into military bases. And they are purely in the, uh, and they, they put them in the uh, Pacific Ocean uh, the China Sea, but they're a threat. They're a threat to Japan, the threat to the Philippines, and they're there for offensive military purposes. Uh, the West thinks the Chinese government says, no, they're defensive in, in nature, but they put them in international waters. 
And all we had to do was just park a ship there and say, no, you can't. But we didn't do that. We let them do it. And uh, now they're there. So we've been blinking for a while. So this is a very interesting thing. President, uh, I almost said President Pelosi. She's number three. Did you know that? Number three to get in line for that. Um, And which, by the way, and this is something about perspective that I kind of wanted to get into here for a second. And I see your calls. I'll get to those in in a couple of moments. One of the things that is so important that we understand with this, and it's true with any kind of relationship, you know, whether it's international politics or it's your relationship with people in your life, is sometimes people have a different perspective than we have, and it shapes the way they see the world, and it's just different. Uh, So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is planning to depart for her tour of Asia today, where she plans to stop in Taiwan. The Chinese government tweeted out from official China state-affiliated media, if a U.S. fighter jets escort Pelosi's plane into Taiwan, it is an invasion. The the PLA, uh, that is the um, Chinese army, has the right to forcibly dispel Pelosi's plane and U.S. fighter jets, including firing warning shots and making tactical movement of obstruction. If ineffective, then shoot them down. Ah, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Now, I want you to know that that with the politics of this, there is some there are some people particularly who are on, in Pelosi's party and the Democrats asking her not to go. But she is getting some bipartisan support for her trip. And, um, you know, these kinds of things, you know, I at some point somebody's going to push the button right for um, whether or not we're going to see this happen. Um, what I mean is whether or not the Chinese really are going to follow through on their threats. And uh, Representative Kamek from Florida, who is a Republican, she had this to say about Pelosi's trip. We need to be very clear, regardless if you're Republican or Democrat, we don't take threats from China. We don't take threats from anybody kindly. And we do not take our foreign policy cues from the Chinese Communist Party. And so I think it's important that Congress sends a very clear message that we are our own nation. We are a sovereign nation. And we have a long and established relationship with Taiwan. And I believe it to be an independent and sovereign Taiwan. As Representative Kat Kamek from Florida, she continued with this. But Nancy Pelosi, she's an old hand at this. She knows the long-term relationship that is at stake there. She knows the importance of establishing that message loud and clear that threats will not be tolerated. So those are some pretty strong words that we're hearing kind of both ways. So, you know, it's something to pray about. There is, um, you know, a lot that has to do with getting a uh, perspective on how the Chinese government or or people maybe in Asia would see the world differently. And I'll talk about that in a second. I want to get to a couple of your calls here. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Maria from Chatsworth, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you, Scott? Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, you know, I really want to give my opinion on this. I don't know if other people agree, but I think Nancy Pelosi should keep her nose out of this. It has nothing to do with her. It is the president that makes the deals with China and also the United Nations should get involved with this because I think that she's going to cause war. And I think that's her main objective because she's trying to get her 
clause into every single country there is well, around you, the world. You think she wants China. to start a war with China? Yes, because they are definitely telling her not to come over. Yeah. And if they're telling her not to come over, I would, I would definitely listen to them. All right. Because All right, Maria. Not- thank you for your call on that. You know, there's a lot of people who feel the way you feel, but uh, I don't think she's trying to start a war. You know, I, I don't think that's the case. I think that there is a tension with the United States and China right now over Taiwan. And there's a there's a major economic issue with the fact that in the country of Taiwan, they make a whole lot of different uh, computer chips, right? And uh, one of the bills that President Biden was pushing this week uh, is a bill that would help American companies start to make those chips. We're in a lot of trouble, I think, uh, as a country that we are um, that there are so many things that we just don't manufacture here or that get manufactured really in just one place in the world. And if something were to happen with that country or our relationship with them, it's going to affect us. You know, the reason you can't go buy a new car, if you tried to buy a new car recently, you can't. I was at a, I was getting my car worked on and uh, it was at a dealership and I was looking, you know, through some of the used cars that were there. And what I was doing was noting how expensive the used cars are. They are expensive. I can sell my used car. I have a 2013, so it's 10 years old, basically. That car, I can, and I bought it four years ago, I can sell it today for about 5000 more than what I paid for it. That's what's going on with used cars. And one of the reasons is there's no new cars. And I asked this guy, I said, how many new cars do you have in the lot? He said, one. He said they only had one new car on the lot. You, know, you can go in there and say, well, I'd like it in the silver, and I like the uh, uh, this trim on the inside, and I like this kind of uh, tires and on the wheels. And there's like, nope, can't have that. Here's what we got. You can have this, or you can buy you know, this uh, 1974 Dodge Dart for $20,000. How about that? It's not quite that bad, but that's the world. I can't even buy a couch. We tried to buy a couch. It was a month's wait to buy a couch. 888-528-2557. You know, one of the things for us to think about is that the perspective of the Chinese, and I don't agree with them. I would say their perspective of the world maybe isn't right, but there's an article in the Los Angeles Times today that is probably worth a look. And it's talking about how differently the the people in China, the Chinese government, sees the world, in particular the war in Ukraine. It's an op-ed by Mark Leonard today in the L.A. Times. And the point of it is, is not to say that they're right in their perception of the invasion of Ukraine, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But the Chinese thought is that the invasion, number one, is Ukraine's fault. They're saying it's Ukraine's fault because of the expansion of NATO. Uh, And I know there are people here in our country who would say that, too. But um, what they actually believe is that the the if you read this guy's uh, op ed, is that one of the things the Chinese government believes is, A, it's not that big a deal. It's just kind of the beginning of a new Europe where they actually believe it's going to turn into something more like the Middle East, where there's going to be a lot of questioning of borders that were drawn after World War One in the Middle East and now after World War Two in uh, Europe. And the way they see it is that it's the the falling of the United States power around the world. It is the rising of the Chinese power or even the rising of other countries' power as the United States continues to decline in their point of view. And in fact, not just the United States, Europe. Um, And it's very interesting to read, you know, and this is just one idea here, um, to read about how different, different countries in different parts of the world can actually not just merely disagree but actually, you know, on, on the event, but disagree on the whole purpose and meaning of events. 
Um, and that's something to always think about. And I, you know, I can make the point that in our relationships with each other, we have to do that, right? You might be in an argument with somebody else and, and you just don't even see where they're coming from. You don't even understand that they have a worldview that's different, and it's harder to communicate with people who just see the world in a different way. And that's a lot of the tension here. So the Chinese government, they don't see Taiwan as a separate com- country the way we we would. Uh, they see it as part of their country. They have announced plans to invade, and um, they get really upset whenever uh, it's considered that. And so a U.S. diplomat or a U.S. official like Nancy Pelosi visiting uh, Taiwan seems like, in their mind, an act of war or a slap in the face, which it might very well be. It might be that the very purpose of her doing this is to see um, what kind of response we might get. I was listening to another person talking about this and the difference of perception, and it had to do with the conversation that President Biden had with the Chinese president and how it's possible that from the Chinese perspective, they, from the way that they see power and authority, which is very different than the United States, that they think it's absurd that President Biden can't just order Nancy Pelosi not to go. He probably does have some authority to do that, actually, but that he's not doing that or that she could, that even though he said don't go, she might do it anyway. You know, in, that, in China, that would never happen, a number three person just telling uh, President Xi, no, forget you, I'm going to do it anyway. That would never happen. And the thought that that would happen is just impossible. In the United States, it could definitely happen. A bunch of people in that delegation from both parties are going to do it. You know, And um, we need to pray that it doesn't start a war. What I hope is that the uh, Chinese government blinks at this point. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We're not talking about what's happening with uh, Taiwan that affects every single one of our our lives. I also think that there are some lessons that we can look at just from our interpersonal relationships. I do that. You know, I take things in global, international politics, and now I'm talking about you and your neighbor. See, I think that's something that we can always do. You know, are you on the same page as uh, somebody that you're frustrated with? Maybe you don't even see the world in the same way, and that's one of the reasons you can— uh, one of the things to think about if you're trying to resolve a situation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Maria from Lake Forest, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, Pastor Scott. Uh, yeah, to me, um, I agree if Miss uh, um, Nancy Pelosi will go, and uh, I don't think so uh, China will um start a war you don't or think they're gonna do it his, uh, no uh probably they will if in case uh nancy pelosi should think that if she has the guts and she has she's brave and she will go there and she has to think that there's some consequence like they could withheld her or and not let her go or come back or I don't know. But uh, I think um, since uh, we are American, she should go and let them know that who knows, probably she's the first woman who is, you know, 
Well, she's the first woman uh, and only woman to be Speaker of the House, which she's been at two separate yes. times, right? I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I think uh, it's definitely power play type of thing, okay? It's, it's, yes. it's it, very serious international politics that has a lot to do yes, with, with power and trade and, and influence. The Asian are not going, uh, they have more respect on the woman. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, thank you, Maria, for your call. We'll see what happens. Something to pray about. 888-528-2557 is the number. It's open line Friday. You can call and talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about and change the subject. 888-528-2557. Demetrius in Gardena, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi, Scott. Hi, Demetrius. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just had... Well, I got something to pray about, about the United States and uh, China. But I had three questions, and they're biblical. Uh, First question was, um, do you know anywhere in the Bible where it says that uh, New Testament Christians should be uh, tithing from Old Testament? Okay. And um, also, um, the second question is about... um, Christians, uh, when they get uh, saved, they also get filled with the Spirit of God. And also, um, should they be uh, speaking in tongues? And if they, and if any preacher or any person in church speak in tongues, should there be an interpreter for the rest of the church to understand what's being said? And the third question is, should uh, Christians be playing the lotto? All right. <laughs> okay, those are three uh, very different but also very good questions. So uh, thank you, uh, Demetrius, for your call. You said you had a China comment? No, I, no. based on what you were saying, I just have something to pray about. Yeah, okay, you're right. Pray about what's happening with uh, with that trip. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. All right, I'm going to let you go, and I'll get you your questions here. Okay, Demetrius? Okay, thank you. Yeah, and thanks for listening. All right, so Open Line Friday, we talk about some different things, and he had some different topics uh, there. Um, I'll gonna, you know, Some churches are going to have some different answers on a couple of these things, so I'm going to go through it here really, really quickly. But one of the things that uh, I'm going to say is always go back to your Bible. What I always want people to do, whenever there are issues where there is a difference of opinion within the church, right, Um one of the things, especially when in in things where I think it's okay that maybe we disagree, you know, if Jesus were to be able to call in right now and just tell us exactly what the right answer is, that would be awesome. The scary part is that people would still disagree. <laughs> there would still be Christians going, I don't know about that, Jesus. I think maybe, um, and that, you know, that's a little bit disturbing, but I think that's probably true. However, I think that what is really important is that the the final source of authority has got to be the Bible. So get in your Bible and all of these things, okay? He asked three questions. Uh, New Testament Christians tithing, do they need to tithe in an Old Testament sort of way? Uh, lots of churches out there, I know your church, they really, they'll preach tithing. Some will teach it in a way where it is, um, I don't want to say that they require it of you, but it's very heavy. You've got to give 10% of your giving, and maybe you've got some argument about you know, 10% of your income, I mean, and uh, maybe you have some kind of argument about whether that's 10% of gross or 10% of net, right? Which one are you going to give? Um, what I would tell you this is the the New Testament doesn't talk about tithing the way the Old Testament does, okay? There's a lot in the Old Testament that is very much for the Old Testament. When you're getting into the Old Testament, you need to keep it in 
the context of God and Israel and what's happening there and why. There's lots of things that, that change over time. And the reason they change, and they change in the Bible over time, because the world changes. And, I don't, and what I'm not talking about is, is moral things that sort of get changed because people start to act a different way. Um, for example, in the Old Testament, there is a instruction on how a regular person would build his altar to God. And it's basically a pile of rocks. And there's instruction... Don't, it's an exodus, I want to say uh, somewhere chapter 20 maybe, but basically uh, build your altar. It's a pile of rocks. Make sure that they are uncut stones and don't put a bunch of fancy wood on it or gold or other stuff. God just asks for a pile of rocks, you know, and don't carve it up, just a pile of rocks, something rugged, something rugged like a cross, incidentally. And the reason for that is because... um, Everybody can come to God the same way, whether you're rich or poor or any other part of the world. You can come to God the same way. You, you don't have people with more money who can build fancier altars having better access to God. You don't have people who can do more having better access to God. But over time, what's interesting is that, you know, another thing that God said there was keep that altar low to the ground, which is an interesting thing because you don't want people who can build it higher. Uh, and then they can say, well, I have better access to God because my altar is even taller than yours. But there's a reason that this gets changed later. And uh, I'm going to tell you what that is when we get back from our break. This is Southern California Live, and I'll get back to the rest of his questions. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's open phone Friday, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. This is the Friday edition of SoCal Live. We'll continue in a minute. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. It is Open Line Friday. You can call up with anything that's on your mind, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is where we give you the opportunity to pick the topic. And uh, I'm the host. I get the opportunity to change it back to whatever. And uh, we'll do that, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we had a call, Demetrius, who asked me three questions. I'm going to try to answer it quickly and kind of try to answer them together, okay, in a way. Uh, he asked me, uh, do New Testament Christians have to tithe the way Old Testament Christians have to do it? Tithe. Um, saved. A, once a person is saved and they're filled with the Spirit of God, uh, does that mean they have to speak in tongues? What's my thoughts about that issue? And then should a Christian play the lotto? I can't imagine why anybody would be bringing that up today. Any ideas out there why someone would want to? Oh, a billion-dollar lotto. A billion. billion with a B. Right now there's like you know 100 people who just left the freeway to go buy a ticket. Don't do that. It's, it's a tax that are on people that are bad at math. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, New Testament teaching, well, you know, here's how I want to do it. We could have a discussion, and we can really get into these kinds of things. We're not going to solve it, but I want to, I want to tell you this. On the tithing question, tithing is uh, 10%. Old Testament, it wasn't just 10% of your income. It was 10% of everything you grew, everything you manufactured, you know, everything you had, 10%. And it was a law. It was important. It was uh, part of that structure is so that, uh, you know, all the different laws, 613 laws in your Old Testament are there to prove that you can't do it. Um Lots of churches, and I don't want to disrespect anybody's church who has a different opinion on this, okay? Um, We'll teach tithing as a New Testament rule. I don't think you have it as a rule in the New Testament. I think you should give as God has placed it on your heart, you know, 10%. There's no reason you can't give 11% or 12 or 15 or 20%. See, everything is 
the attitude I think you need to have is that everything is God's. Everything belongs to him. You know that old hymn, you know, I surrender all. It's not I surrender 10%. I surrender 10%. That's not that's not what we say. I surrender all. You got to understand that everything is yours. And what I will tell you is that biblically speaking, people who are generous and people who give um they they see God do amazing things. And I don't mean amazing things for them. Giving is not about making yourself rich. It's not about I'm going to be healthier or wealthier because I'm giving more to my church. Don't fall for that. But you should be give you should give generously. Uh I tell people as a pastor, give to your church first and then give wherever else God's calling you to give. And you will find that he's going to bless you. We have found that wherever we have been able to give, we don't miss it. Uh, We don't regret it. And maybe it hurts a little bit. Maybe we don't get to go out to eat as much as we otherwise could. Um, I don't even know if that's true. There's a a certain spiritual – it is now because everything's expensive, right? But there's a certain spiritual thing that happens that you don't really experience until you're a good giver. So be a good giver. Don't worry as much about the percentage, right? It's not about how much can I get away with not giving you God. It's, hey, how much can we give? How can we increase what we're giving? One of the best reasons to get out of debt is that you have the freedom to give a whole lot more to the Lord. So do that. Um, It's hard for me to stay short on these answers. One of the things I was saying before the break, though, is that whatever your ideas are of any of these things, make sure you go back to the scriptures. I want you to go to scripture and find out what God says. Um, The saved person, uh, does a saved person get filled with the Spirit of God and speak in tongues? There's going to be a disagreement in this audience here. I would say the same thing to you. You know, is whatever your opinion is on that or where you come down on that, is the person who's speaking in tongues doing it in a biblical way? And you might interpret that differently, but even however you interpret it, is what's happening with tongues a biblical way? Go to First Corinthians and uh, ask yourself that question. And then if people are doing it, and let's say there's an interpretation and all of that, is it true? Is the interpretation something that I didn't already know? Like, what's the point of it? You know, some, I heard somebody one time speak in tongues, and then somebody interpreted and said, we need to love each other more. And I thought, I don't think I need somebody with a spiritual gift to tell me I need to love each other more. You know, speak in tongues and tell me I need to get out of the building. There's going to be an earthquake in 10 minutes. That would be very interesting. If there's an earthquake, if there's no earthquake, then the guy's a false prophet, isn't he? We always need to be truthful. And we should not leverage whatever God might be doing with us for our own power, our own benefit, especially things that are false. Make sure that whatever is happening in all of these areas of spiritual gifts, of even teaching, you know, leadership and whatever gift it is, that it's being done for the glory of God and that it's truthful. There is nothing probably that hurts churches internally and even externally than things that are just simply not true. Making claims. You know, the the commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's not just saying, oh my gee, it's it's what that means is don't say that God is saying things that God's not saying. God does not like it when we say that he's saying things that he's not saying. Do you like it? I don't like it. I don't like it when when my kid goes to mom and says, dad said, and I didn't say. He's taking my name in vain. We need to approach everything with the spirit of God with humility, run it through the scriptures and make sure that it's truthful. So we are going to find people on in this audience who are of different opinions uh, about that question. But what I'm going to tell you for now is make sure that whatever your opinion is, 
that you're doing things truthfully to the glory of God, according to Scripture, however you're interpreting it. Because what I find is that on that subject, a lot of people are not looking at the Scriptures at all. And they're leaning on something that somebody told them. But whenever you go look at the Scriptures, it doesn't say what you think it says. There's a lot of issues like that. I should do a whole show. I might do a whole show on that. It's going to take some some prep, but I'm going to do a whole show on, hey, the Bible doesn't say what you think it says. A whole lot of subjects like that. And then finally, should a Christian play the lotto? Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't actually say, should a Christian play the lotto? But I would say this, what is on your heart? Why do you feel like you need to spend that dollar? Or what does it cost now to buy a lottery ticket? Is it a dollar or two bucks or whatever it is? You know, what are you doing? What's that for? Uh, because the Bible has an awful lot to say about the love of money and how bad that is for you. Proverbs thirteen eleven: wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. The statistic is that people who win the lottery, even the big lottery prizes, have blown it all within three years. Three years. Can you spend a billion dollars within three years? Their government's going to take 400000 of it. Can you spend $600,000 in three years? I bet you can. And that's what happens. Uh, Hebrews 13.5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. You know, are you buy- are you playing the lottery because you're not content with what you have? For God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You don't get more God because uh, you have more money. Oh, and I, what I was going to say at the beginning, I was talking about the altars. I want to get back to this. This has to do with tithing and how, how things change, okay? So New Testament doesn't have a lot to say about that. In the, in the altars of God, so in Exodus, he's telling you how to build an altar. And this is important to know, I think, for, for all of these things. Uh, I know I'm giving you a lot, and you got some calls. I'll get to your calls here in a second. Um he's talking about how to build an altar and he tells you to just build a pile of rocks. And the reason that you just build a pile of rocks when you're building your altar in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 20 is because no one should be able to say that I'm closer to God than somebody else. That's the other, that's the connection I was going to make with the, with all three of them, with the tongues, lots of people who have spiritual gift tongues or whatever they're talking about. And it could be a gift of teaching. It could be somebody who says I'm a pastor. It could be if somebody is saying that they have better access to God because of something, they don't. Everybody's access to God is the same way, through Jesus Christ on the cross, that's it. And if somebody is saying that because they have a certain gift or because they have a certain amount of money or because they uh, give a certain amount of money, uh, that they have better access to God, uh, that's not true. And... uh beware of that. I think that is one of the areas where you have to be the most aware. So God says, build the altar, Exodus 20, verse 25. If you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dressed stones, for you will defile it if you use a tool on it. And the idea is, if somebody is a skilled artisan and they can make a prettier altar than you, uh, they might be tempted to say, well, my altar is prettier than your altar, uh, and therefore I have better access to God. That's why God just wants it rugged like a cross. Verse 26, he says, and do not go up on my altar on steps or your private parts may be exposed. There's a verse for your mug or for your, uh, your, your wall. You know, so God says, I don't want to be looking up your britches when you're climbing up there to do your sacrifices. Keep it low to the ground. It's also because you could just put, you know, you could build a taller altar than your neighbor because you got more rocks on your property and say, I got better access to God because it's taller. Uh, later, what's interesting is that God gives some other instruction for altars that changes. And what's interesting about that is history shows that people developed underwear in the meantime. 
And so you wouldn't be looking up upon somebody's nakedness because of their tall altar. See, and the, the words of God can, the instructions of God change over time because the situations are different. The same is true with the kind of foods you can eat. The same is true with lots of things. And then when you get into tithing, well, it's different in the New Testament. And there's a different reason for giving. Uh, it's all about the heart. All right. Make sure you're truthful. Okay. I went a whole lot longer than I wanted to on that, but... I think it really matters because I think that within a lot of these questions, church people will compete with each other, right? Our church is better than your church because we have a a more beautiful building, because we have more property, because we have more people who come, because we have better music than you, because our preacher is better than you. We can't go down that road. God doesn't do it that way. Your access to God is through Jesus Christ on that cross. That's it. And he's going to use you according to the the gifts that he has. And you might be full of sin and not be able to use those gifts at different times. And there's there's lots of reasons where you may not be as effective. Lots of Bible about that. But make sure that we never think that somebody has better access to the grace of God because of some kind of material thing. It's not there. We all get access to God one way. Uh through grace of Jesus Christ. All right, Joe in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Joe, thanks for holding on for so long. Hey, how's, how are you today? Um, you kind of answered my question when he came to prayer. You said, don't build an altar. I mean, you always get me with the reading scripture, too. I'm lacking in reading the Bible a lot because I have a, like a issue with reading. So, But prayer, you know, I try to pray, and I pray on the floor laying down or on my knees. Most people try to They say, are you Muslim? I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not Muslim, but it's good to pray for them too, you know, in Jesus name, because they need to be saved because without Jesus Christ, you're not saved. Right. Right. But, but, um, you know, I was raised in church at a church called Crown of glory. And, um, you know, uh, prayer has pulled me through a lot of, uh, distresses, you know, the, the name Jesus Christ has brought me through a lot of idolatry, you know, especially in this day and age, uh, with the spirit of the antichrist just roaming the earth, like, like nobody's business, you know, and, and prayer is, is, um, brought me through, uh, a lot of stages of mental illness and, mm. uh, it's, it, it's kept me going on, you know, but yeah. well, keep yeah, praying, I don't keep know. praying, Joe, I appreciate your call and, uh, and keep in the scripture. Do you have an audio version of scripture where you can listen to it? Uh, I was trying to download one right now from the library cause I got the, the Liddy app. And um, it wouldn't let me download, but no, I don't right now. You know, if you go to, uh, it's called the version app or the Bible app in your app store, and it's got just uh-huh. about every version of the Bible in there, most of them have uh-huh. a uh, a part where they'll just read it to you. It's audio, it's free. Yeah, I think I had a Gideon's for a little while, a yeah. Gideon's Bible. That, that one was good audio. Go to the I'll audio, right now. go to the Bible app, it's free, and uh, download that and uh, check it out. There's probably other free ones out there, but you should be able to get it for free. And then you can listen. Yeah, all right, I gotta go to some Exodus. Yep, I gotta go to. I gotta go to a break and uh, keep praying, Joe. And uh, that matters a lot. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. That's your relationship. And don't worry about you know. There's a better position. Maybe you might want to pray in, but just pray to your Father in heaven as Jesus instructs, and uh, you'll see God change your life. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live Friday Edition. We'll continue in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. It's good to be with you on this Friday. I hope you got some good plans going on. It is Open Line Friday. (laughs) 
Anything you want to talk about, give me a call. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Nick from Simi Valley, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. How you doing, sir? I'm good, Nick. How are you today? Good, thank you. Uh, I was just calling in to say thank you for uh, what you're doing with the, the radio show. Um, your, your show has uh, really discipled me more than a lot of people in the last three months. Um, so, and I'm an I'm an extremely introverted person. I think this is like my fifth time calling in, and uh. I've never in my life done that. So I just I just want to thank you, and if any way I can encourage you, um, God's really using you and the Holy Spirit to just to teach people about Jesus, and um, you're just you're leading through your radio ministry, and um, very grateful for it. All right, Nick. Well, I appreciate that you're listening, and uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time to call and for your encouragement. We all need encouragement. And uh, we all, and I need your prayers, so pray for me. And you know what I think is the most exciting about our show is that I think we can together, all of us, everybody listening, we're part of a family here on, on radio, we get to be the church together and encourage each other to make disciples and grow in our faith together and look at the, the things that are going on in the news and look at it from a biblical perspective uh, as best we can. And uh, so thank you for listening. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, to um, be encouraged by you and to encourage you. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Sharon in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, this is my first time calling in. I'm calling in because I have a question. Yeah. I I read my Bible all the time. The question about tithing always comes up. And... When I read the Bible, the only time when he talks about tithing, he talks about giving of your 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 sheep and your and right. your grains. That was because people needed it to eat. They saved it up in case the times of famine and drought. Yeah. When God does mention money in the Bible in the Old Testament, he mentions it where he said every day he called for all the men, no matter what lineage you came from, to pray a certain amount. And that amount was the same whether you were young or old. That's the only time in the Bible where God mentions about giving any money. In the New Testament, he talks about give what you can give. Give from your heart. That's why when that lady went there and she lied and her husband lied, right. they weren't being truthful. But Jesus never said you have to give 10%. And nowhere in the Bible does it ever mention giving 10% of your money. It only talks about of the livestock and of the grain. Well, I think that, uh, Sharon, that a lot of people don't understand that with tithing, that it does include your animals, and thank you for calling, Sharon. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'd give you another verse here, though, that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot really about giving in the Bible from the standpoint of uh, what you have, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 9 might be one of the best verses, chapter 9, verse uh, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I think that matters a lot, right? And that, that kind of goes both ways. Not reluctantly, like don't be giving because, you know, being reluctant. God, what's the littlest amount I can give you and get away with it? Uh, or under compulsion, where sometimes, you know, we really can pressure people uh, there's, there's a compulsion that's more than just pressure. Like, I think that we need to challenge each other all the time to give 
because there is so much need out there and we need to trust the Lord. Right? We have need that is tremendous in our town for ministries that are handling homeless and ministries that are handling people who have mental illness and, and, uh, and uh, human trafficking there. These organizations, many of whom are, are done by the church, they're the church, uh, really need our giving. And our, our churches, you know, there's a, you know, there's plenty in scripture about giving to your, your church. Uh, that is okay. There needs to be responsibility and there needs to be other. This one continues this way. Don't give, uh, each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we should give cheerfully. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Um, you know, giving, it's it's just part of of being generous. And we should not be stingy and at the same time, you know, if you're not, if you're giving and it's not under, you're giving because you're forced to give, okay, then it's not really coming from your heart. You're you're giving because you're you are going to get kicked out of the club, I guess, if you don't. Does that make sense? Uh, that there's some kind of compulsion, some you know, in the cults, a big part of it is that you're going to hell if you don't give. Right? There is some kind of threat to you if uh, you don't give. That's not biblical at all. Uh, I do think it's biblical to be very generous um, in your your giving. Your church doesn't operate uh, without people giving. And I think there's an abundance. Uh, I think that that is something that, that often we don't um, realize, as we feel like we may not have enough. That's usually our, our hindrance, right, to giving. We feel like, well, if I do that, then I'm not going to have enough. Um, and really, we really got to ask ourselves, is it enough that we need, or is it enough to uh, not go out and and you know do something else that really isn't necessary? First um, Timothy chapter five: Give proper recognition to those. Uh, let's see, where is it here? Um, the elders who direct the affairs of the church. Uh, are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. The worker deserves his wages. Uh, you know, that's why we can pay some people that are on on staff because they've given up a career elsewhere to run a church. Um, that doesn't mean that we pay them $80,000 a month, right? I mean, there's there are restrictions to all of that. Uh, but be generous, and you know, money is. A, I'll tell you what: as a as a preacher for twenty five years, I hated talking about money. I really did. And finally, somebody confronted me about that, and confronted me with the fact that there is so much teaching in the Bible on money. You can't go through the Bible and not teach on it. Jesus talked about it all the time. Something related to money, because we think about it all the time. It's part of our life. We worry about it. We're concerned about it. Uh, you have to do it, but you got to be in the scriptures. Um, and that's with, with all these subjects where maybe there's some disagreement out there, make sure that whatever it is that is your opinion, that you have taken the time to really study the Scripture. And so that way you'll understand what the Scriptures say, because it's not about what I say or what uh, a, you know some pastor says or even a book that you read. It's ultimately what God says and what the Scriptures say. That, by the way, helps us with a lot of stuff. It helps us understand somebody's argument about something that might be different than ours. Um, and you can weigh whether or not, even though you might disagree, you can weigh whether or not they're going to Scripture for their argument. 
it matters and it helps us get along. And more importantly, I think it helps us stay on the main page, which is that we need to be making disciples of Jesus uh, and do that. Uh, Daryl from Beverly Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm good, Daryl. I, I really wanted to comment on the uh, the segment when you mentioned about uh, those who leave in California. Yeah. Uh, you know, people really need to focus on, you know, if God's calling you to do that, then you pray about that. But also remember, people need to understand what God guides, He provides. And that falls in the category when God says, I'll supply all your needs no matter where you're located. He also says that He watches over His Word to perform it in Jeremiah one twelve. And so, um, people leaving California, okay, Lord, if you want me to stay here, then what's the purpose? Then you have to supply my need. Or if, you, if you're compelling me to leave, okay, that's fine. Where he has, no matter where he has, God cannot lie. He's obligated. It's in his word. It's in his promises. That's the word. He promised he would supply. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. As far as uh, the lottery, you know, uh, people sell a lot of stuff, man, a lot of lip service, you know. But the, when, it, when it comes down to it, we'll see what you, if you, God knows your heart. He already knows. So I don't know who they're trying to convince themselves or whoever else. Um. Daryl, I've got to go. I got like just a few seconds left of the show, but I, I appreciate your call and uh, thanks for listening to Southern California Live. You know, you're, we, we came to that conclusion in the last hour about, you know, if God wants you to stay in California is what we were talking about, but even if he just wants you to stay in your job or he wants you to stay, you know, in a particular, you know, whatever it is that God's calling you to do, he's going to provide a way. Uh there will be a way. If God wants you to go, then things are going to dry up and you're going to feel a calling, not just to go, but a calling to do something else. And God is going to provide what you need to do that. That's how the Lord works. And if he's not providing it, then he doesn't want you to go. We see that in the scripture. You know, Paul wanted to go to Rome. God said no. Finally, Paul got to go, but not on Paul's timetable. It was on on God's. Everybody, thank you. Once again, uh, Open Line Friday, we get a lot of interesting calls and it's great to be a part of it with you. And can I encourage you, the abundance that is of grace and love that is with the Lord, uh, that's yours today. He pours it out on you. You don't earn it. It's grace. It's unmerited favor. Turn your hearts to the Lord. Ask God how I can be used by you today um, as a blessing to somebody who would get to know Jesus and do that. Spend the weekend doing that. I hope you have a great weekend. God bless you. I'll see you on Monday on Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Thanks for being here. I'll see you at 3 on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.